Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Talk Off. It is Tuesday, August 8th, and we are back for another episode. The dust of the trade deadline has settled, and the play has begun. Everyone on their new teams, Scherzer in a Rangers uniform, you know, Heimer Candelario going off on the Cubs already, Verlander pitching for the Astros again. It's it's interesting. This is a, this is another f- very funny time because this is when you see everybody in their new uniforms, see what everybody looks like, and it's fun. I, I think it's fun. I was hoping you weren't going to say again to Verlander on the Astros because I was going to say, did you see that like fire edit they posted after he got traded? Like, how'd they get him in yeah. the Astros uniform so fast? I don't know. How did they crazy. already have those pictures. I don't know. They. Whoever whoever edited that, that's a that's a really good editor right there. MLB MLB rigged. That's what it is. It's scripted. If they because they already knew that he was going to go there. It it must be scripted. I I mean, I I wonder who's going to win this year if it's scripted. Uh, it? The Arizona Diamondbacks, twenty twenty eight World Series champions. Oh, twenty twenty eight. So are you I writing the script? Get that right. <laughs> I love I love when when teams are about to win championships and someone finds that random tweet from like ten years ago that says like twenty twenty five. I might just uh, rifle Detroit off. Pistons winning the I NBA might, Finals. Like, I what? might just rifle off. All right, all right, I have I have a good plan. I'm gonna rifle off tonight. I'm gonna rifle off thirty tweets, one for every team, yep. and do do it for the year twenty forty, and then every year. As it gets closer, I'll be able to see who is not going to be a competitor at that time. So, like, the Padres could be ass or the Mariners could be ass. So I'll start deleting those tweets. And then I'll start to narrow it down to the real contenders. And then I'll send those – I'll screenshot that and send it to sports outlets and say this guy – from a different account saying this guy's on something. Oh, I like that. I like that. It's kind of like what Elon Musk and Kevin Durant were doing with the burner accounts. Kinda. It's nothing better than a good burner account. There's nothing better than a good burner account. Nobody knows who you are. You're just out there just causing havoc all over Twitter. Or X, excuse me. X. Yeah, I don't like no, the I... whole X thing. Did you? I don't... you has, has it switched over on your phone to X? Yeah, it fucking sucks. Yeah. Jake, I woke up like yours. Just... Yeah. Yeah, you could actually go to x.com now instead of twitter.com now too. Oh, that's so so stupid. I literally woke up when it happened. I woke up, looked at my phone, I was like, "What the fuck is X? Like where did this like how did this get on my phone?" You're like, and what I did I click it, on? I was like, "Oh, it's Twitter." The notification picture like of the black X just looks so bad compared It to looks t- it looks terrible. I missed the Twitter blue. I, don't like it I missed the little bird. It's so I, stupid. I it better go back. I think today, or maybe it was yesterday, if you look, if you go to like, it used to say tweet when you used to go post a tweet. Now it says post and it says reposted instead of retweeted. Dude, that's It's fucking Twitter. Nobody's going to call it X ever. So when I look up the, the, uh, the morning I woke up and it changed, I always swipe down on my phone. I don't know what that like. I think they used to call it Notification Center. I guess it's still called Notification Center, but I swiped down and I would search for the app Twitter. And when I didn't see it pop up, like I still search Twitter and it X still comes up. So I was really yeah, confused. I was like, what Actually, is yeah. X? I wonder if that still works. Let me try that. 
Yeah, if you search Twitter in your phone, X pops up. Yeah, it does. That's so. They should just put it back to Twitter. Make it make it Twitter. I but he's wanted X. to do this like... apparently for forever. Like when when he had uh, a piece of PayPal, he wanted to change PayPal to X. Yeah, I saw that. He's got an he's got a little fetish with the uh, letter X. I mean, it's a strange letter to have a, a weird thing for because, uh, like. If you're like at work and like someone's walking by you and they see you on x.com might m- might come across as not the best thing in the world. It might not. I I just don't get it. Why do you have to be an ass? There's literally no one out there not named Elon Musk that likes X. I can guarantee you. Maybe everybody would have preferred Twitter. What you know that guy who has that? All right, hold on. This is going to sound really stupid to start, but just let me ride it out. You know that guy who has it. the show, who he is like his whole thing is he makes fake things. Like he made a fake Starbucks. He's a, it's a show on HBO. Hold on, let me let me fake let me, things. Let me look it up. Hold on. I do not know what you're talking about. Hold on. Unfortunately, uh, so he found a dumb Starbucks. Nathan for you. I've never heard of that. Have you heard of Nathan for you? No. Okay, so it's it's a show on HBO. Uh, it's like a docu series, but it's real. It's real. It's comedy. And what he did was he wanted to open up a Starbucks, but he made a parody store. And as long as you're purposefully making fun of something, you can legally like use it to your advantage without it being trademarked. So he yeah. made a sign that just said a coffee shop, but just said literally Starbucks out front, but he put dumb in front of it and it's, and it gets around copyright laws because he's purposely making fun of them. So you can just open up like we could just make Twitter, but just be, make it dumb Twitter and we can make, we can make money off of it because we're out outwardly making fun of Twitter. That's like it doesn't, answer. it doesn't fall under copyright. That's a good idea. You know, I was one like, like does Elon still own like, the trademark to Twitter? Uh, for sure. Yeah, right? For sure. He doesn't just lose that for changing the name? No. Well, I, I don't know if he necessarily <clears throat> changed, like, there's a difference between changing the company's, like, name in public and changing its actual name. Mm. So I wonder, like, what he, like, he rebranded it to X, but I don't know if it's, like, is it still known as Twitter? Let's see. Going to Wikipedia. What is it trade? Not, like, what's it? What does it say on like right. the market? Jake, do you know? It's private um, now, so it's off. Uh, right. Let's I see. forgot. There's probably some legal documents they have to file. I'm sure they're going through all that right now. Well, now yeah, he's grouping it. He's grouping it all under X Corp, which is now a parent company of Twitter. Well, do you- so he's definitely going to expand X Corp into other things that he does. Yeah. Well, do you guys know um, a, a WeChat? Do you know what WeChat is? I know what yes. it, I've heard of it. Yeah. It's like basically Venmo, Snapchat, like all the social medias and payment systems in one app. I think he wants to do that for X. And then Twitter will be like the Twitter of X, but there'll be like a Snapchat, a Venmo, all of X. That's what he wants to do it. I heard that too, which was like, it's not a horrible idea, but it kind of is. I don't like Elon having that much power over my life. Yeah. I'd rather yeah, enough. 
he 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 yeah i'd rather just open twitter every day he filed for x corp uh he filed to the sec for x corp in 2022 and then grouped twitter under x corp in officially in june of 23 and then erected well, a giant him. X in July of 23. I hate him so much. And then this, the city of San Francisco cited the company for a building code violation, and the X is now removed. Yeah, because he just put it up in, like, the middle of the night. You just can't do that. It's you can't so do bright. that. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You just – it's just – you can't. It's Yeah, it's just uh, really, 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 really weird. Maybe we should get into some baseball talk. Maybe, maybe we should, yeah, maybe Fuck we should get into some baseball talk. Let's talk about the hottest team in all of baseball, the team that I feel like everyone is talking about, those Chicago Cubs. The Chicago yeah, Cubs have been... what's going on with the Chicago Cubs, dude? Uh, I have no clue. They just decided that they wanted to figure it out, and they figured it out at the perfect time because, like we said, like the first half of the season – is the first half of the season. It's uh, obviously it's always important to get out to a good start, but it's how you finish the season is how your season turns out. And the Chicago Cubs since the, since the deadline have been fantastic. Did they make a lot of moves? No. They got Jaime Candelario and they didn't sell Stroman or Bellinger, which me personally I thought was a mistake. But with In how good they're it's playing, it's looking like the right move though now. It's looking like the right move right now. They're a game and a half out of the division right now. They're in. They have that third spot in the NL Wild Card right now. Chicago is firing on on all cylinders, and I don't really know how sustainable it is. I think the bats are sustainable. I really do. I I think this lineup has so many good pieces, and they have a lot of bat to ball first guys, and then you sprinkle in a little bit a little bit of power. I think that this this lineup has so many. It can be so dynamic. They can do so many things. They have guys that can steal bags. Hit for home runs, hit for singles, and they just have guys that can do it all. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Chicago. I don't know why they figured it out. I mean, Candelaro's been great since he got over there, but it's not just him. I mean, Bellinger's been great for the last month, pretty much. You know, Stroman is still pitching great. Steele's still pitching great. Dansby's figuring it out at short. Horner's figuring it out. Even Suzuki's hitting a little bit. It's just the Cubs. It feels like it's all coming together right now, and. Chicago is crazy right now because when the Cubs are good, Chicago surrounds behind them. Yeah, I want to throw a little stat out for you. Highest batting average this year, 300-plus plate plate appearances as the minimum. Cody Bellinger ranks fourth on that list at 324. The players ahead of him are Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, and Luis Arias. So, uh, and also another stat, uh, Cody Bellinger always looks high on the field, always looks stoned. So, um, Cody Bellinger, fourth highest batting average, first in just highest. Like, yeah, pretty much. And, and who would have thought Cody Bellinger? Who would have thought? Well, it's just crazy to think that we were sitting on this podcast three weeks ago talking about how... The Cubs are probably going to trade Ballinger and probably look to rebuild for the next year or two. And now they're like you said, they're sitting a game and a half out of the division lead. 
behind the Milwaukee Brewers. And to be honest with you, I don't think if I'm the Cubs right now, like I'm not scared of the Brewers at all. I'm not, I'm not scared, scared of, of anyone in that all. division. Because even, no. even Cincinnati, as good as Cincinnati was playing, they've been sliding a lot recently. The bats are going quiet. The pitching has not really been there. They need guys to come back. Hunter Green is still down. I'm pretty sure he's coming back soon. But they need guys back in Cincinnati. So this is the time for Chicago to, to, to do their thing. And they overtook Cincinnati. They're in second now. And like we said, a game and a half back from Milwaukee. And as we've been saying pretty much all year, Milwaukee has never been playing that great of baseball. They're seven games above 500 right now. There is no, there is no possibility. There's no scenario where Milwaukee just runs away with this. It's not going to happen. This NL Central division looks to be the the only division that we're really going to have a huge race in. Because when you look at all the other divisions, Baltimore, I feel like, is cementing themselves as the best team in the AL East. I don't really care what the Rays do because the Rays, we know their story. They've been sliding. Cleveland looks terrible, so it looks like Minnesota's taking that. Houston maybe could sneak up on Texas, but with how good they're playing, I don't see that happening. And then we know the story with Atlanta, and then you got L.A. The NL Central is really the only division that I think it's going to come down to literally the last week of baseball You don't think about the West? we know who's going to win. You, you don't think the AL West? I honestly think it's tech. I I think it's all Texas. I really do. It, it, I think it's going to definitely depend on Nathan Eovaldi and if he comes back or when he comes back. But I don't know. Houston has shown me a lot this year, and I feel like they've shown their holes. and And I feel like Texas has just been soaring. And, and that lineup, I really don't think there's a lot of rotations out there that can live up to it and and beat it. Yeah, it's just like for me, it's it's tough with Houston just because of the fact that they got Verlander back. They do have to. I'm looking how many times they have to play the the Rangers before the end of the year. So it looks like looks like as of right now, they have one series the fourth through the sixth of September, and then that is it. So they have one more series against each other. Looking at Houston's schedule for the remainder of the year. So let's just go off of purely let's let's just talk about purely September alone. They start the they start September off playing the Yankees, then the then the Rangers, then the Padres, then the Athletics, then the Royals, Orioles, Royals again, Mariners and then the Diamondbacks to finish off the season. So I like to be honest with you, like it I haven't looked at the Rangers September schedule, but if it's anything like the Astros, I would agree with you. I would agree with you that there will be some ups and downs, but like the team should get through this with a winning record, but like the Astros definitely have an easy schedule here. I mean, they play the, they play six games against the Royals in September. They play three against the athletics. Like those are, those are conceivably, nine games right there that they could win if they sweep all of them. Yeah. So that's just uh, something to think about for the Rangers. Yeah, absolutely. And it, that was the Astros, no? Yeah, that was the Astros. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was the Astros schedule. The yeah, Rangers, I, so I have the I have the I, Rangers right okay. here in September. They start off with Minnesota, then, then they got Houston and then Oakland, Toronto, then Cleveland, Boston, 
Seattle, Anaheim, and then they end this, they end the year with Seattle again. So, you know, I, I definitely think there's there's probably it's like not pushovers, but like it's no, but th- there's definitely some teams that they they could easily struggle with Seattle. You know, they're two, only two and a half out of the wild card right now. They've been playing better for some odd reason after semi selling. I don't know. They traded Paul Seawald. That was pretty much it. And they DFA'd Colton Wong, but they've been so the playing Rangers, better. So that's. So the Rangers have some, some more competitive games at the end of the season, season on the, the, their schedule than the Astros do. I mean, the Astros are playing two teams with less than 36 wins. This is, this is very true. So. That could be interesting. Like if the yeah. Astros stay competitive uh, atop the division and the Rangers don't run away with it in August, this could get really, really fun to see come mid-September, uh, even even down the stretch when we're creeping up on October. Because it's actually kind of cool that the season ends right as the calendar turns to October this year. So we're going to get yeah. November baseball again this year. Yeah, it's going to be great. I, I'm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this is really the time of year where we where we really f- start to figure out who's going to be in it, who's going to be out of it, and you know, there's a lot of teams I feel like that are, that really are still in it, especially in the NL. You know, we talk like the AL is a whole different really is really a whole different story. I I honestly I think the Yankees are out. I think Boston's out. To be honest, even two and a half back, I think Seattle's out. I'm pretty, in my opinion. I don't think the AL is going to move at all. You might see like Houston might overtake Texas, but then Texas will get the wild card. I just think that the six teams that are in it right now will stay in it. That's Baltimore, Minnesota, Texas, and then Tampa, Houston, and Toronto. I don't see anybody overtaking them. But the race in the NL, I feel like there's a lot it's of spots up for fun. grabs here. It's, it's a it, lot it more is, fun. It's, a, uh, it's so much more fun. Like Obviously, you have Atlanta, who's way above everybody else. And then I expect LA to win their division. But when you just look at the wild card, the Phillies have the lead right now, followed by San Fran and then Chicago. But Cincinnati has the same record as Chicago. They're they're half game back. Miami is a half game back. Arizona is a game and a half back. Don't forget about San Diego. They're only three games back. Zach, I'm like, going to throw a so take many... out right now. Throw, give me a take. I'm going to throw a take out. Right now, if you say that San Diego's making the playoffs, I'm going to be a little upset at you. No, I think the the San Francisco Giants will be a lock in one of the play, in one of the wild card spots. Really? Yep. I mean, they very I well could. The San, be. I they, think the San Francisco Giants are going to make the playoffs this year, and I think they're I think they're destined to be in a playoff spot this year. They have so much very well cool. veteran talent on this team. And it's just like, it's nothing that's going to blow blow teams out of the water, but it's just a lot of guys who just get on base, keep the line moving. It's just professional players. That's what it is. It's like, you know what the, the Giants are? The Giants are the Long Island Ducks of baseball. This is where the, this is the Island of Misfit Toys. No other team wants these guys, and they've collectively come together, and they've put together a winning baseball team. And they're doing all yeah, of this I mean, without Yastrzemski on the field, who is like who has been one of their better players through the past three or four seasons. Yeah, there's no question that the Giants are they're doing something this year, and with the off season that they had, they really deserve it. After losing out on so many guys in the off season, trying to make that big splash, 
they deserve to have a good year and they are having a good year 10 games over 500 right now and i feel like they're doing it a lot on the back of their pitching now logan webb is has been phenomenal and he always will be but that the rest of that rotation and that bullpen especially that bullpen have been really good at containing damage and you know they don't lose a lot a lot of high scoring games like they don't let give up a lot of runs they win a lot of games you know 3 to 2 5 to 2 like like they don't score a lot they don't give up a lot of runs their pitching staff is very good at keeping the ball in the ballpark which is very important especially in San Francisco and i just think that the giants are definitely playing really good baseball for me my lock in the nl to, for the wild card the only team i feel confident really right now is the Philadelphia Phillies because of how good of baseball they've been playing for the past two months, really, since the start of June. The the Phillies have been playing pretty much the one of the best best baseball of anyone in the entire league since the month of June, since Kyle Schwarber turned it on, Mr. June. I don't know why he loves that month so much. I can see San Francisco absolutely being there in the playoffs. My only question with San Francisco is, is that lineup really going to hold up? Because they're, I'm pretty sure... Their leader in batting average is Wilmer Flores, who's hitting like 300 out of nowhere. But that's and that's crazy. The Giants, to me, are just uh, there are a lot of former Mets who are just chilling in San Francisco and, and they're playing good ball right now. I, I'm nervous if they make a run, if they if they make it in, what they'll do. I don't really think they'll do much. I don't think this roster is really built for the playoffs. But you never know. Uh, it is the playoffs. It is the MLB. It's baseball. You never know. Anybody could go in anywhere and steal a series. So I like what you're saying about San Francisco. I wish I had faith in them. I just I think this lineup is is just a little too volatile for me, and I just don't have enough faith in Wilmer Flores and JD Davis and and you know uh, like everyone else, like Michael Conforto, Jock Peterson. I I just I just don't have faith. I'm sorry. I mean, you have every right to not think that. I mean, like on paper and by like pretty much every baseball instinct you would have to say would say that this is not a playoff team. But I don't know. They they, they get it done night in and night out. They're just a very well put together team. There's a lot of depth on this team. And it's not like there's it's not like any one player is shining. Like you, you said, Wilmer Flores is hitting a three, a cool three oh three right now. J.D. Davis is the RBI and home runs leader on this team. 14 home runs and 55 RBIs. There's no star power on this team. There's no one collective person on this team that is putting asses, <coughs> excuse me, asses in seat on a day-to-day basis. This team is just playing well, like really good baseball. Really, really good baseball. And it, like you can almost compare them to the Chicago Cubs and the fact that the Cubs don't have like – Maybe not the, I mean, like Cody Ballinger, former MVP, Stroman, who is like, who's been getting it done for a few years now in the league at a very consistent level. But like beyond that, there's no, there, there's no Chris Bryant's of the past. There's no Rizzo's of the past. Or if you look at the Giants, there's, there's none of the big names that they've had in the past. So it's, it's a really well structured team that there's not a lot of holes. And like it's, if you need a guy to come off the bench, they can do it just as well as the starters. And that's what I like about this Giants team. I think they're really well-rounded. Do I think they're going to win the World Series? No. Do I think that they're good enough against the competition that's presented itself currently in the National League? Yes. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. There, there's definitely some teams in, in the National League with the Giants that 
you know, we didn't really expect to be there and don't have the greatest of rosters, teams like Miami, teams like Cincinnati. But I don't know. The Giants could definitely keep this going, keep winning those close games, keep the ball in the ballpark, and just do what they've been doing. I personally – I'm really disappointed in – I'm disappointed in – Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm disappointed. No, in go ahead. The Diamondbacks post post trade deadline. I mean, f- we're talking we're talking like five wins since the the, the deadline. Yeah, it, it, the the Diamondbacks since the deadline it, it it's it's been rough. Um, they didn't. I don't want to say they lost at the deadline because they didn't really lose, but the Paul Seawald trade I really really don't like. I like that they got Tommy Pham for a little depth, but. I don't know. I kind of wanted to see this team go after a big starting pitcher, which they didn't really do. Um, and I just think I think they gave up a lot for Paul Seawald, which is a closer, which, they, yeah, they could use a closer. But with how bad the team's been playing right now, they really, really need a boost of energy. I think they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. They've lost six in a row. Arizona's got to figure it out because this was my team that, that I was so excited for this year with the just – coming of age of Corbin Carroll and how good he's been this year. I really thought that Arizona was going to take it to that next level. And they have, they've been playing really good baseball overall over the whole year. Just as of recently, it hasn't been great and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon. This team just needed pitching help at the deadline. They didn't really get it. Yeah. They didn't really get the starting pitching help they needed. I mean, Seawald was a good addition to the bullpen, but nowhere, nowhere near the complete, um, the complete action that was really needed to overhaul and really set the bullpen up for success for the rest of the season and for a playoff push. the The rotation, I mean, there was a lot. There were guys out there that they could have went out and got. They obviously didn't pull the trigger on those guys, but now, now it's now they're going to have to deal with the consequences of their actions of just sitting on their hands and not really doing too much. And this, this, this is what happens when you, when you think that you're solidified for a run and when push comes to shove and the dog days of summer start eating into your club, you realize you might not be as deep as you once thought you were. Yeah, hundred percent. And and you know, I would really put the Diamondbacks in that category of teams that I just wish were a little bit more aggressive. Um, you know, teams like the Diamondbacks, like the Orioles, like the Yankees, just teams that I felt like should have been more aggressive at the deadline and weren't. Like you said, the addition of Paul Seawald, yes, Paul Seawald is a very good closer, and Seattle didn't need him. They have Munoz back there. They have tons of guys in their bullpen. They didn't need Seawald, and I think the the Mariners got out of this trade looking fantastic. But just it's just not enough. I, I wanted the Diamondbacks to be so aggressive at this deadline and really make a move because of how well they've been playing. I know up until the, like the couple weeks before the deadline, they were sliding and they're continuing to slide. But when they were playing bad before the deadline, I came on this podcast and I said, this is when you need to make the move. This is when you make the move, you know, two weeks before the deadline to give your team the boost that it needs to really go after it come deadline time. They didn't do that. And now they're stuck. Like you said, sitting on their hands, thinking about what they probably should have done and they're playing bad baseball. I hope this is a team that sneaks in because I, I still believe in this team. I still believe this team can make noise in the playoffs but if they don't get in, then it doesn't fucking matter. So I don't know. They're in a weird spot. 
they they're still not they're still in this race. A game and a half out of the wild card is not a lot. You know, Miami's above them still, Cincinnati's above them still, and then you got Chicago in that third wild card spot. But Arizona is not done yet. I just think it's going to be real tough because they did not make the moves that they needed to make at the deadline. Yeah, they didn't make the moves and they're they're paying now. They're 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 paying now for those moves moves for sure uh should we get into a little more specific news stray away from the uh stray away from the divisional talk i want to start talking about a few things first thing i want to talk about the big news today carlos rodon 15 day il with left hamstring strain the hamstring that kept rodon out of play until may is now putting him on the shelf once again, Yankee fans are not too happy with their so-called ace that they signed off the free agent market this offseason. Zach, reaction when you heard the news of Rodon going down? You know, to be honest, uh, n- no shock whatsoever. Uh, I think everyone can agree that the Carlos Rodon, who has been pitching, is not the Carlos Rodon that the Yankees thought they were going to get. And probably not starting the season for the first three or four months of the season really hurt him. And I can understand why it would. That's a lot of time to take off of baseball. And, you know, baseball is a tough sport. You got to keep playing. You got to keep practicing or else you lose it. And some guys really do. I mean, just personally thinking, I know Tanner Houck, who got hit in the face, he's been out for two months. He came out rehab start, could only get the ball to go 90 miles an hour with his fastball. This is guy who sits 94, 95. Some guys just they they're just not fully right, and Rodon I don't think he was ever fully right since coming back from the injury. I don't think he was ever right. No, and, and I think they rushed him back because they weren't in the greatest place. They weren't playing great. Aaron Judge was down with an injury. They needed a boost, and they brought Rodon back maybe a little too early. Now he goes down with a hamstring strain. You don't really know where it's going to be. It's fifteen day IL right now, but who knows? That could extend. And if he's not fully right he should honestly not play for the rest of the fucking season. Cause this is a guy who you have on contract for what the next five years, they, they, they can't just push him because they need to win games. Yes. You are out, out of the playoffs right now. Yes. You're four and a half back. It, like it doesn't matter though. Like it, it just it doesn't matter. This is not your season. This is not the season for the New York Yankees. I, I think it's time that they need to sit there and realize that and fucking get it. Sit Rodon for the rest of the year, let him get healthy, and come back 2024 strong. If he's not healthy, he should not be pitching. That's it. That's that's just the point-blank period. If he's not healthy, he should not be pitching because there's no need that they need to force him to go out there. Yeah, like 1,000%. If you look at the If you look at his numbers for this year – 27 innings pitched. I mean, right off the right off the bat, that's a red flag for me. Six games, 27 innings. This was a guy who, in years past, was known to be able to eat up innings. So that's a red flag off the bat. The 7.3 ERA is a disaster for the Yankees. A complete disaster. This was a guy who has a career 3.7. You look at his. The, the, I guess really the last two years is the sample size that I can use here. But like we were talking about when when he was getting signed with the Yankees at this two year stretch, three hundred and ten innings pitched, fifty five games started, 
like a 2.67 ERA over that stretch, a 12.12 strikeout per nine. This was one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher in baseball through the last two seasons. And now he's, he, there's no way he got to New York and just all of a sudden is letting the situation of being a New York Yankee get to him. There is something clearly not right with him. Uh, and he needs to be, he needs to be shelved for a little while before the Yankees, before, honestly, before the Yankees can even say that they can, that they can confidently run him back out there again. Because this is just ridiculous at this rate. You're paying the guy $162 million, and you wheel him out there, and you know he's not right. And now you've essentially thrown away what you wanted your real trade deadline acquisition to be this year was getting Rondon back. And now you have now probably lost him for the rest of the year at this rate. Because, I mean, at what rate? Like, is he's going to come back and be – you mean to tell me he's going to come back in 15 days? and be the Carlos Rodon that we've seen the last two years? No shot. No, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. If he's not 100% him, there's just no reason to to throw him out there and have him just eat innings and maybe get even more hurt. And now you're looking at he's not, he's not starting 2024 off. This is a guy who you got in free agency to come here and be your number two behind Garrett Cole and not even be a number two, but just be like, just be two aces at the top of that rotation and just... This was the best left-handed pitcher in baseball over the last two seasons in San Francisco. This was the the, the big guy in the offseason that everyone was like, who was going to get Rodon? And everyone pretty much knew it was going to be the Yankees. It was their big-ticket guy. And he just hasn't been that. And and if he's not healthy, he needs to sit. It's, it's just it's that simple. I think this him going down right now is just – it's just another thing on a string of wrong things that's gone with the Yankee season this year. And sometimes those seasons happen. Sometimes you're bit by that injury bug and your team just can't figure it out. I think that's one of these years for the Yankees. And if Brian Cashman, like he didn't do anything at the deadline, obviously. If he doesn't do something this offseason, there's still a lot of questions to be had in that Yankees general manager's office of what is he doing does he actually care? Is he going to fix this team? Because we're talking about the New York Yankees. Their fans will not take it if they don't have a good season next year, if they don't try to finish this season strong at least. These are unruly fans. They do not care. They care about the New York Yankees winning baseball games. That's it. So they need to figure shit out in New York. If it's with Rodon, if it's finding someone new in the offseason to add to this team, if it's getting rid of Brian Cashman, whatever it is that they need to figure out, they need to figure it out fast or else they're going to lose the fan base real quick. And well, they're the already kind of losing them. Yeah, the fan base is lost. I mean, considering the fact that the fan base hasn't experienced a losing season really in a, in a long time, in a, in a real long time, I mean, they missed the playoffs – uh, they missed the playoffs in the last decade, I'm pretty sure, once or twice. But, I mean, we're talking a losing season under 500. And we're, we're close to that. We're only five games. The Yankees are only five, four games over 500. So you're, when you're creeping around the 500 number and you're the New York Yankees, fans are going to be unruly. They're going to want different results, and they're going to want those results fast. They're going to want change at the top of the leadership board. And they're, they've been calling for that for – over a month now and Yankee fans kind of, and I'm, I'm sure it feels like the world is crumbling right now. It's not, but 
it really does for them feel like it's crumbling because you're 58 and 54, 12 games off the division pace. What do you do if you're the Yankees right now? Like, what do you, I mean, you can't re-up. There's no more, you, you can't trade anymore. So do you kind of just like roll over for the rest of the year if Rodon is going to be on the shelf? Like, what do you do here? To be honest, I, I think you roll over either way and you just roll over and say, whatever, it's not our year. There's, I feel like there's a lot of teams that every year are reluctant to just roll over and say, fuck it, whatever, we'll just go for it next year. And I think the Yankees are, especially because they are the New York Yankees and they never miss the playoffs. They never have a losing season. It's the, it's the Yankees. It's the epicenter of baseball, all that. I think because of all that, they have a hard time sitting there saying, okay, like whatever for this year, let's look at next year. I, I really think that's that's one of the biggest problems that the Yankees have right now. This roster needs reconstruction. Like it needs to be reconstructed. It's so terribly put together that if you actually look at the lineup and look at what they have on this team, this is not a New York Yankees baseball team. And I think in the offseason, there needs to be a lot of changes made to this team. They got to get a lot of that old blood out and get some new blood in and start rebuilding this system because that's the only way the Yankees are going to get back to being the Yankees is if they get those old guys out, get Donaldson out, get LeMahieu out. I still think Glaber Torres should be done in New York. I think the Stanton project should be over. He's just it's not what the Yankees need right now. Build your team around Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, and figure it out. Because this offseason, if these moves are not made to figure this Yankees roster out, Brian Cashman will be without a job. Because there is no way that the fans, the Steinbrenners, and anyone affiliated with the Yankees will allow this team to go into next year looking exactly the way it did going into this year. It can't happen because we're, again, you're one Aaron Judge injury away from having another horrible season. Couldn't agree more with that. Uh, some more news. Some more news in the major leagues. Uh, let's see here. Starling Marte, injured list. Place on the IL with a right groin strain. Marte has, Marte's another guy who hasn't looked like he has been the same player the entire the entire season, he was looked like something has been wrong with him. I think this stems back to the injury that uh, almost prevented him from playing in the wild card game. It kept them out for the last month or so of the twenty twenty two regular season, uh, and now Marte is most likely most his twenty twenty three season is most likely over. That's a guy who who's honestly had a rough season this year and is for a rough team. The Mets, obviously, we know their struggles. They've had their struggles. And, again, it's it's it's, it's almost the same situation as the – it's obviously different, but in my opinion, it's the same. It's the season's over. Let's look about look at next year. And I, I think they're doing that. They should be doing that, the Mets. I think they're doing a great job. And I, I wanted to ask your opinion, actually. I wanted to talk about the Mets today because – I wanted to hear your opinion on DFAing Brett Beatty. Personally, I'll give you my opinion first. I love it. I think it's I think it's a really good idea. You're not doing anything this year. The guy clearly is in a slump. He's not figuring it out right now. Send him back. Let him get that mojo back. He'll probably finish the season down there. And then next year, bring him back up and see what you got. Because right now, you know, I'm pretty sure he was hitting 216. That that's just not Brett Beatty. 
And I think he can figure some stuff out at AAA that maybe he can't do at the major league level. I wanted to get your opinion on it because I really like it. I think it's the it was the right thing to do. Yeah, I, I it was it was 1000% the right decision to do. Uh this I saw Buck talk about it tonight before the game. He mentioned that this was just going to be a, a quick pit stop for Beatty just to kind of regain confidence, see some see some balls get off hit off his bat and go over the fence. You know, it, it's just he needs to see he needs to see that he can still play the game at this level but just in AAA. He needs to get that confidence back and grooving. I mean, the guy is hitting 216 this year, a uh, negative war, which is never a great sign. Uh, and this is this, frankly, this was just time for Beatty to uh, to to get down into the minor leagues, reset, get the confidence back, and I'm sure we'll see him. I'm 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 gonna say we'll see Beatty up in the majors right around the September 1st mark. I hope so. Can I just say I can't believe we gone we've gone forty one minutes of this podcast without talking about Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez fighting. I was gonna bring that up next. I was gonna bring that up next. That's like the main event though, so it's like my yeah, I know, but I'm just saying like I feel like I'm 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 shocked that it was not the first thing we talked about. Was there anything Jose you Ramirez. wanted to talk about before? Like did you want to talk about this before like is there anything else okay, you wanted well, to bring up? We before? can save it. We can save it. I just well, wanted I to bring up one more save it. Okay. I wanted to bring up pretty much just like one more thing that's going on right now. Trevor Story tomorrow, not even tomorrow. If you're listening to this today, Tuesday, making his 2023 yep, season yep, debut. Saw that. Saw that. It just came out today that he's going to make the the debut tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh, as a Red Sox fan, I couldn't be more excited. I'm finally get to see my shortstop for the next couple of years. Finally, play shortstop. Um. You know, Stories looked great in his rehab. He's been killing it in AAA, so I'm really excited to see him get up. The Red Sox really need help right now. Getting swept by Toronto was literal worst-case scenario. I, I It's crazy to say that this one series is going gonna, is gonna to knock them out of contention, but I pretty much think they're out of contention right now, five games out of the wild card. They needed this series from Toronto. They needed to at least take two out of three. They didn't. They get swept in one of the worst series I've ever watched in my entire life. But I'm very happy that Trevor Story is coming back. I think all Boston fans should be happy. I'm literally going to watch the rest of the year just to watch Trevor Story. And, you know, I'm excited for next year. Yeah, couldn't agree. Uh, one one other thing that I want to talk about really quick before we jump into the whole Tim Anderson, Jose Ramirez uh, fight night this weekend. I want to talk really, 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 really quick about the Los Angeles Angels. 56 and 57, losing six straight, finishing under 500 for the eighth season in a row. That's what their goal is this year, is to finish above 500. They haven't done that for the last eight seasons. The Angels are now under 500, Zach. They were buyers at the deadline. They're buyers at the deadline, and now it seems like they cannot do anything right. Two and eight over their last 10 games now have a losing record on the road and they're creeping up at playing 500 baseball at home, which in itself is just not a great sign for a team who is looking to contend. Home is where you should be getting a majority of your wins. Ten and a half out of the division lead now and things seem to be spiraling, spiraling out of control for the Los Angeles and Angels of Anaheim. And this almost... 
what we were talking about that on the surface level, this looks like it's going it's the desperation attempt to save Otani. And if this is the desperation attempt to save Otani, it has started off on the complete wrong foot. Yeah. You're, you, you hit the nail on the head, dude. Like if they, if this is what they wanted to do, like if they wanted to add guys and prove to Otani that they can go out and make a world series team, they have done a terrible job of that because this team has been playing terrible baseball. They have no pitchers that can get them pretty much anything. I, I, I personally, I liked the Lucas Giolito pickup. I thought it was a good pickup. He gets shelled, like absolutely shelled in his first game as an angel. Their pitching staff looks worse, except for Otani, obviously. And it's getting to the point where it really is Otani has to go out there and throw nine innings and have 10 strikeouts and then Homer twice for them to win. And, and it's it's pretty much like that meme that you always see. It's like, oh, Mike Trout goes three for four with two home runs. Shohei Otani throws a complete game with two home runs. Angels lose 18 to five. Like, it, it doesn't even matter how much Otani does. Like, he's going to win MVP. He's clearly the best player in baseball. This team still can't win. They still can't put together a winning team. They need guys off this team like Anthony Rendon. They need that contract to be up so they can spend a little money maybe. And right now it's looking like if this was their effort to save Otani, it looks like he's leaving because they've been playing terrible baseball and it doesn't look to be getting any better. Does not look to be getting any better anytime soon. So hopefully uh, the Angels can start turning it around or they're going to be not only in fear of losing Otani, but missing out on the moves that they had already made this season. Zach, it's time. It's time to get into the, the, the talk of the town of this weekend in baseball. Jose Ramirez versus Tim Anderson. This was this was awesome. This is a 15-minute awesome. fight. It's my favorite part of it. I love base. If you don't love baseball fights – you're a crazy person. They should be legal. They shouldn't get suspended. It should be they. Sh- if you want to drop the gloves and and throw down, go ahead. I think baseball should be like hockey sometimes, where they just let them fight. I think the move by the umpire. He started in there. He was trying to break it up. As soon as Anderson threw the glove down, the umpire backed up. He was like, "All right, go, just go, just go." Yep. Jose Ramirez. Would I want to box Jose Ramirez? No. Do I think Jose Ramirez would get his ass kicked also in a boxing match? Yes. The guy was out there just swinging his arm, flailing his arms, just throwing haymakers. He happened to land one on the chin and down goes Anderson. I have never seen a baseball fight end in a knockout like that. Like he legit lost his legs, lost consciousness and fell on the floor. And if, it just it was it was hilarious, especially because he Anderson was the one who threw the glove down, put his fists up, and said, "Let's fucking go." And then to get knocked out after that is just hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious. He came into second base uh, extremely hard on Anderson, and <laughs> he was really pissed off about it. And uh, I've never seen a reaction to to sliding into uh, to second base like that before. Like immediately popped up and squared up on the spot, which is awesome. Yeah, and we're we're hopefully looking at a, a a new rivalry starting in baseball because it doesn't look like 
they're really, you know, there there is some love lost there. It seems like I read Jose Ramirez did reach out to Tim Anderson after trying to apologize. He got no response. And now we have all this stuff coming on about the White Sox and about the culture in the White Sox locker room and how it's damaged. It's terrible. And there's reports that um, Yasmani Grandal or Tim Anderson slapped Yasmani Grandal or it was the other way around or something like that. And it just it's looking real, real bad for the White Sox right now. As good as that fight was and how hilarious it was. I love Terry Francona's comments saying how he was like, it's not funny. It's not funny. But he's just chuckling every time he says it. He's right. It's not funny. You shouldn't like you're grown men. You don't need to be punching each other in the face. But it is funny. And it's hard not to laugh at it. But if I'm the White Sox. All this stuff comes out about my clubhouse now. Clearly, nobody's going to want to go there now because there's a they there's a culture of bad baseball and there's a culture of just bad clubhouse manners, and it's going to be really hard for them to get guys to go there in free agency because they're going to see the responses. And you you don't think these guys talk to each other about how clubhouses are? You're kidding yourself. I'm yeah, sure they're, everybody. They're... The White Sox have a growing reputation now. Yeah, and and that's the last thing this team needs, especially a team who just sold off a bunch of pieces, had a fantastic deadline, did exactly what they needed to do. They're looking to rebuild, and now you're going to have a tough time rebuilding because you're going to have a tough time to having guys go there because you have this stereotype around you now of a terrible clubhouse. I don't know what they're going to do in Chicago. All I know is that this was a – fantastic fight i thought it was hilarious jose ramirez really got him and i think it's i just love it yeah i love baseball fights it's awesome it's awesome it's the best ever do you think this was better than odor bautista or do you think this is better than when uh when uh pedro martinez threw punches at uh nothing's better than that yeah. Um, he also didn't throw punches. He threw Don Zimmer to the ground. And everybody, you know, I actually want to talk about that for a second because everybody comes at Pedro for throwing Don Zimmer to the ground. But you, nobody pays attention to the fact that Don Zimmer was literally charging him. He was charging him going after Pedro. What is he going to do? Just sit there and let an old man try to fuck him up? No. He said, stiff arm, threw him to the ground. Fuck you, old man. Don't come at me. I I don't see anything wrong with that. Fuck Don Zimmer. Yeah, I think it's I think it's I think it's that. It's Odor. And I think if you throw this in there now, I think there's some good baseball fights in recent memory that you can can point to now. I think I think one of the what what had the potential to, to be the best was uh Bryce Harper and um was it wasn't Ross Tripling, um, was it? No nah, no. Hunter who was it? Who was it? Well, he had the one with Papelbon, but they were on the same team. That was the dugout right. one. Um, and then th- Hunter, it was who they who did he throw the helmet at? Hunter. I don't remember who it was. I'll look it up. What are you going to look up? Who did Bryce Harper throw a helmet at? It's a good look up. Also, another good fight that I was just thinking about, Joe Kelly, and I think it was 
Austin Romine. No, not Austin Romine. It was Hunter Strickland. Yeah, I had it right. I Hunter it Strickland. Hunter that's what it was. It, you knew it was Hunter, and you thought it was Ross Stripling. So I'm going to give that to you. You pretty much. <laughs> I was honestly as close as I could have possibly gotten without actually <laughs> literally. The first yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, no, that's it's unreal, unreal, it's unreal stuff. stuff out of out of the, we, we've been we, we've had some like baseball fights don't happen all the time, but when they do, they're pretty good. Oh yeah, they're the they're best. They're memorable when, for when, sure. They're memorable because when that's, they that's it's, what it's, sticks out. It's good when they actually fucking fight, not when they just have the entire team and the whole bullpen and ever like they have thirty five guys out there with coaches and everyone just sitting there yelling at each other. It's better. When they're actually fighting. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That was so sick. That he, that was he awesome. slumped him. He literally was throwing haymakers, just caught one on the chin, and Tim Anderson was slumped on the floor. On his ass. And then the, what made it worse was he's trying to get up and walk it off after, and he was stumbling. Yeah, like an idiot. If, you, if you're knocked down, like there's no shame in staying down as long as you possibly can just to show – just, just, just so you don't have to show how like actually shook you are. Yeah, and then when you get up, you're not falling over yourself. Right. I also think it's hilarious that Tim Anderson got six game suspension. Jose Ramirez only got three. He got knocked out and got double the suspension. <laughs> what a moron! Well, I think it, I think part of it played into a, a like I, I think the the tweets he was sending out after played a role in that. Yeah, he also was the one that dropped the glove and put the. Yeah, he went to Twitter after he dropped the glove. So, like, he definitely had more of a role to play in the whole thing than Jose did. Also, probably doesn't help his. Not not for the suspension, but just for him feeling great about himself that he's, like, the worst player in baseball this year. Yeah, has one home run. Yeah, it's probably not not helping at all. Tough scenes. I feel bad for the guy. He's probably got demons. That's all I had. Yeah. Want to get in some picks, maybe? Yeah, let's do some picks. Powered by Riverside. We got picks for Tuesday, August 8th. Does anybody want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. I'm taking the Mets tomorrow night against the Cubs in in Queens. I like the Mets here. Carrasco has been due for a good start. So we're going Mets money line. That's extremely surprising. I almost just threw up in my mouth a little bit right there. Please never do that again. Um, uh, me, I'm since Daz is picking the Mets, I'm picking my team too. I'm picking the Red Sox. I'm not taking the money line though. I will take the minus one and a half because it's against the Royals. The money line is it's a little. And I don't know. So we'll take we'll take the the spread. Make it a little more interesting. Return of Trevor Story. He's probably going to go yard. I'm feeling it. Red Sox minus one and a half. You're making me want to go Yankees money line, but we're not going to do that. We're going to stick to the system. Orioles, Astros over eight and a half. Book it. I love it, Jake. I I literally love it. 
It's also a national televised game. It's going to be good. I feel like there's going to be a lot of runs for some reason. I feel like I'm like an 11-13 game. I, I love it. If it is, if imagine if it ends 11-13, to 13, I will send you a text that says, handshake. <laughs> now, I feel like I deserve more than just a Texas handshake. Okay, maybe I'll give you like a dollar too. Oh, no, I mean, I don't need money, but maybe oh, okay, sorry. a poem, maybe. Oh, I'll try. Okay, maybe. If it, if the game ends 11 or 13, I'll do a poem. Okay, fair. Okay. Roulette? Yes. Let's win. Let's do it. I'm oh, gonna, dude, I'm... we won last time. I forgot. Well, well you won. didn't. Well, I won. You know, I'm, I'm the only one who has won, so. All right. You don't need to rub it in. What do I want today? What number do I want? I'm feeling a nice five today, I think. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm kind of feeling 19. 19. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of speaking to me. I'm going to do 23. Can I just say this lady who's doing the roulette does not look like she likes her job. One bit. No, she looks like she's a a slave almost. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't gonna take it there, but <laughs> we didn't need to go. We that were all far. thinking it. She definitely is getting paid enough. Let's be honest here. Yeah, there's no way. She is pissed. Come on, nineteen. Can't even find it. There it is. Where's twenty three? Oh, that. Nowhere near the ball. 33. Fuck. All right, one more, one more, one more. One more, one more. Yeah, one more, one more, one more. 14. I'm sticking with 19. All right, I'm going... Fuck. 28. Ooh, switching Mm. it up. It's double my number. I was going to go 22, but... You shouldn't have said that. It just went 22 like two ago. Come on, 19. Twenty-eight. Nineteen. Seventeen. Oh. Oh, so close to mine. I'm so due. Yes. Yeah. Sticking with nineteen. Sticking, sticking with, with fourteen. I'm going 28. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Just one time. Let me get it one time. Let's just just hit our number. Back-to-back episodes, that'd be fire. I know. Where do you think this is taking place? 11. (sighs) Who knows? 11. Dude, it danced around my number twice now. Nah, I'm pissed. Well, we fucking suck. Damn. Oh well. Screw you, Daz. Only one who gets it. So, fuck you. All right, I think that's gonna do it for today's episode. Thanks everybody for listening to today's. We love you. You guys are awesome. And Jake is a nerd. Bye. Bye you. Are you supposed to?